You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Guidepost Part 2 of Stripe Ass Addendum 2. And we are going to cover the commercial issues. I got Will joining me again. Will, how are you doing? Yeah, and, uh, you know, just y'all listen. This is going to get a little goofy. Uh, and just bear with us while we explain it, because it there's things that we want and we believe in that aren't going to happen. And when we say that this is the option that we pick, that's because that's the only thing that makes sense. So just understand that, and we'll get into what we believe. And that's the only option on the table. Like- yeah, Going back to that, yeah. don't don't ask for things that aren't on the menu type of discussion. Yeah, and, and also, you know, just put an exclamation point on there are things that need to happen that are not going to happen in this document. And and we'll get into that in a second. But we'll let's let's dive in. I'm opening up my document right now. So I actually sound somewhat intelligent. Um Okay, so in the document, this is the draft for public comment. If y'all want to follow along at home or or use something for reference, um, this is uh, page starts on page 17. The chart that we'll be referring to is on page 18. I guess like first off the bat, Tony, it's a lot easier um, commenting on these options than uh, the previous version of draft addendum two with um you know the max size limit and associated spawning potential ratios and all these different analyses that the tc kind of said this is going to have zero impact on uh on changing removals and in fact by implementing a max size limit which whatever on paper or on in theory seems like a great idea puts everyone on the same playing field protects some of these bigger fish but by doing that, you're actually increasing the amount of fish that are going to be removed because you're lowering the size um, and, you know, smaller fish weigh less than big fish. So you're going to have to you're going to kill more fish under the same um, pound quota. So that's kind of a little background. And, and we'll in the in the interest of fairness. There's the way that the striped bass stock is managed is that there's an ocean quota and a Chesapeake Bay quota. And to be clear, every step along the way since 2015, the ocean fishery has taken lockstep reductions along with the ocean recreational fishery. With one exception, and that was the emergency action, and that's okay with us. Like, but as we get into this, 
the commercial striped bass fishery in the ocean has been a lot more aligned with conservation and contributing to restoring this stock than the Chesapeake Bay, which has done jack shit for nothing. They took it since 2015, they have taken a 1.9% reduction with all that bad spawning and everything else. And that's not fair. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the chart right now, and this is on page 23 of the document. So in, um, in 2015, the ocean fishery went from a 3.5 million pound quota to about a 2.6. In 2020, they went from about a 2.6 to about a 2.3 and change. So, you know, this is not fair. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll covered this before. It starts to get really scientifically fishery science damn near impossible if we put a max size limit on that ocean commercial fishery to figure out what the savings are you know based on the system and and the way that they were going to run the numbers some states would have actually gotten an increase in quota so what are you going to do it's kind of like you have what you have so we are um we are gonna support um let me scroll up here so i can read it off perfectly there's only two options right and option yeah, because, a because at the annual meeting they scrapped those um right those additional the max size yeah yeah so it's status quo and a 14 and a half percent reduction or to no to clarify it's status well a max quo. Yeah, status quo, uh, as in no commercial reduction um, to the quota, or a quota reduction up to up to thirteen and a half percent. So the way that I've been told by ASMFC staff is, you know, it's either option B, and then at the table, the uh, straight bass board members are going to present, you know, and some value for a quota reduction. And I've got to assume it's going to track with whatever the the recreational um, reduction is, and just kind of keep it equal. Yeah. But you yeah. know, here we are. So let's get into the Chesapeake Bay, Will. Now yeah. we've already told we've already told the listeners that Chesapeake Bay has not taken diddly squat for a reduction, um, and this was really disingenuous. Okay, and and coming from none other than Mike Luisi uh, at the, at the board meeting. Um, and this is, you know, this is typical playbook stuff, delay install, you know, this, these decisions and these hearings could have happened months ago. And then they delayed installed addendum to kick the can down the road. And, you know, the final action will be at the January meeting somewhere third week in January. And, uh, and Mike Luisi said, well, we, we, we can't get our tags 
printed out in time to comply for 2024, which is a complete and utter lie. So a couple of things, a couple of points of logic here. How about you just don't hand out all your tags? How about you hand out 80% of your tags? And 80% of, because, you know, Chesapeake Bay has a pound net fishery, a hook and line fishery, and a gill net fishery. So you hand out 80% of the tags, okay? Maybe that would be a good idea. But, you know, it's it's a lie. L- look, Will, you're a big sticker guy. You're a big hack guy. You know, you love you love your you love your fishing swag. I can I think for the Louisiana thing, Cody was able to come up with a, this incredible design for a sticker in like 24 hours from our artist, and then sent it to printing. And we had it, we had hundreds of them, die cut, stamped, giant oversized stickers, all sorts of colors, crazy graphics. And our guys in Louisiana had them in their hands within like five days. And we didn't even pay for expedited shipping. So a striper tag is basically a piece of plastic with sequential numbers on it. Don't you... You cannot tell me that those things cannot get printed in time. Well, and to your point, Tony, earlier, we're not even, you know, you don't even have to reprint anything. You can just not reduce the amount of tags you initially give out by, you know, whatever that quota reduction potentially could be. And then, you know, if that's not the actual um, realized quota reduction uh, after the winter meeting, then oh, you give out more. It's it's really not that complicated. And in fact, it's quite disingenuous uh, for the state of Maryland to continue to not take reductions in this singular fishery um, that, in fact, the Chesapeake Bay Commercial Fishery, Maryland, Virginia, and Potomac Rivers Fisheries Commission harvests more fish by pound and by numbers of fish than the rest of than the ocean fishery does, and you know again I I made the statement in the recreational uh, podcast. This is the most important producer area for striped bass. We are now on the fifth consecutive year of terrible spawns in the bay. Common sense would say we need to be more precautionary in this region, and probably not you know be removing two and a half million pounds of striped bass commercially uh, out of the bay, which hasn't changed again in uh, in quite some time. Let's go one step beyond here, Will. And again, this is from the chart on page 18, draft for public comment. So you can look at um, who's catching what and, and how much of the quota is unused. At 2021 and 2022 for the ocean commercial quota breakdown, there's there's a couple of things in there. There's quota reallocated to the recreational fishery, which is the sham that is the New Jersey bonus tag system, which we'll get into later on um, in, a, in a different podcast on what a joke that is. And then there's a non-active ocean commercial quota, which states like Connecticut use. 
And when they stopped commercial fishing for striped bass, they didn't give it to the recreational sector. They held it back for conservation. So kudos to states like Connecticut. And essentially, Will, in 2021 and 2022, the ocean used their quota. They, they hit their quota. But in the Chesapeake Bay, when you look at um, what they caught, you know, uh, <clears throat> the, the commercial quota was 3 million pounds. The 2022 commercial harvest was 2.386 million. They're not even coming close to their quota. So when you start talking about a reduction, a quota-based reduction, they're not going to kill any less fish, right? If it's a 14.5% reduction, they're going to jump up and down and scream, and they're not going to kill any less fish. Yeah, because quota utilization is hovering around 80%. So, in effect, even with this this four look this fourteen point point five percent reduction for the Chesapeake Bay, I mean, maybe this is it may be pointless, but you know, maybe we'll when we come out with the infographic, maybe we'll direct our members to point this out and our supporters that the Chesapeake Bay commercial fishery should come off. Uh, based on the based on the fact that there aren't any damn fish here, and we've had five bad spawns in a row, that this should come off uh, the harvest um, from 2022. But watch if that goes, they'll pick a harvest number that's not uh, a year that's not 2022, and a, and a year that they came closer to filling their harvest. I mean, these are the these are the tricks in the games that they play, right? Just to give Tony, just to give listeners reference. In 2022, the commercial harvest in the Chesapeake Bay, which is, again, Maryland, Potomac Rivers Fisheries Commission, which, let's be honest, is frickin' Maryland, and the Virginia Chesapeake Bay, those three jurisdictions caught 2 million pounds, 386,559 pounds of fish. The quota, um, if we're assuming a 14.5%, in 2024 would be 2,566,409 pounds of striped bass. So, you know, in effect, there's, you're not doing anything to what was landed last year. Right. And also understand that they took no reductions. So, Taking it off of the harvest is the fair and just thing to do. Period. The end. So, um, and 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 also, you know, even if this isn't an ASMFC thing, there's nothing withholding Maryland from acting more conservatively on their own, looking at the state of the Chesapeake Bay fishery and being like, or maybe we we probably shouldn't be killing this many fish. Uh, you know, the, the governor could clearly do that. One would, one would hope in a perfect world. Um, so really folks, that's about it. There's two options, status quo and up to a 14.5% reduction. So 
we are going to stand firmly on the all the way up to you know push it to the edge 14.5% reduction for uh the commercial fisheries in the Chesapeake Bay in the ocean and specifically in the Chesapeake Bay you know we really need to take a hard look that this is taken off the harvest and not the quota or they will go yet another year of doing nothing and and again and again you know identify the the hypocrisy and you know insanity of Maryland trying to sneak out of even implementing a quota reduction for 2024 yeah and saying and saying that they can't print tags in time which is just patently absurd so we'll this we kind of covered that and 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 the last section is 3.3 response to stock assessment updates so there's an upcoming stock assessment that'll happen before the rebuilding deadline which is currently 2029 um and if it indicates that the stock is not projected to be rebuilt by 2029 with a probability greater than or equal to 50%, there's basically two things here. Option A, status quo, the board initiates addendum three to consider adjusting management measures, or option B, the board can respond via board action where they can change management measures by voting to pass a motion at a board meeting instead of going through the whole addendum process. Which is like um, a time public, difference of what? Like of, a, a year and a half versus almost immediately? Yeah. And so the bullet points for option B are, you know, public comment can be provided during the board meetings per the commission's guidelines. Um, it could be provided in writing to the board per the commission's timelines, and it's going to allow for an expedited response. And, and as an example, when the 2024 stock assessment update is completed in October of 2024, the board can change management measures at that October 2024 meeting or shortly thereafter, and we could execute new measures for the 2025 season. And that would not be on the table if they issued an addendum. And look, while I absolutely hate limiting public comment, and I absolutely hate, you know, not, yeah, the uncertainty of that, we're going to lean towards option B. And we're going to do the groundwork well ahead of time. And so, like, here's the benefit of all of all of this there will be webinars with the stock assessment team for months before the before they release that information in october and you can bet that will and i'll be on every single one of the, those taking notes so we will have a pretty darn good idea of what's going on and we will just absolutely, you know, inundate them with comments before that October meeting based upon the preliminary information that we can glean from those meetings. So we aren't totally flying blind. Um, we will spend our hours and time doing that to inform all of y'all. But considering the near tragic situation for stripers, 
I don't I don't really know what else we can do. Yeah, and and, and, and there are good commissioners, Will. There are there oh, are, yeah. there are good commissioners who are totally focused on conservation and we're going to have to lean heavy on them. Yeah, and you know, in the same in that same vein of tracking these meetings next summer, you know, there's nothing precluding anyone listening to this, anyone that cares about striped bass or is, you know, fishes for striped bass from sharing sharing input with with commissioners with the commission ahead of that, you know, what what what's a concession you you might be willing to take, stuff like that to to assist this rebuilding timeline. So just because there's no addendum does not mean the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission and the Striped Bass Board are not going to read and digest your unsolicited public comment. You know, so that's it. Uh, we're going to we're going to be OK with option B, given the board discretion, because frankly. So, like, I guess there's two ways to look at it. One is like, do you really trust the board to do the right thing? And that is a. That is a very valid concern. But the other way to look at it is if the answer to the first question is no, if they have to start an addendum from what we've seen in addendums in the past, they could, the bad commissioners could throw a monkey wrench in the addendum and stretch that shit out for two years if they wanted. We've seen them do it. And and I'd say the, the majority of the board, you know, like you were getting at earlier, is committed to conservation and is committed to rebuilding. I mean, this past May, case in case in point, you know, they took the extraordinary step to initiate uh, approve emergency action given the information they had. Um, so I think you know we, we have seen a, a, a turning point for this board. Um, just got to hope they're going to do it again. And I, I tend to be more optimistic than you, Tony. Um, as unfortunate as it may be. Um, if we're not rebuilding, I'm 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 fairly confident that this board uh, uh, is going to do the right thing. I mean, that makes one of us, but that's okay. <laughs> we all can't, you know what I mean. We all we all we should think different. It produces a better product, um, and and you know for for stripers, which is the ultimate goal. No, you know none of these decisions are made in a bubble. But you know, look to to wrap this thing up. This is an easy thing to comment on. This is not Amendment 7. This is not the previous addendums um, to Amendment 6. This is cut and dry, easy peasy. And we know over the past couple of years that y'all are the most informed, intelligent, uh, you know, group of advocates for any fishery out there and forget about the board, forget about us, forget about everything. If there's one hope for striped bass, it's y'all. You know, what you have shown us over the past couple of years is a tenacity, uh, kind of like a never quit, never give up attitude. Um, we know that's not going to change. Are striped bass doing great? No. Would they be in a lot worse shape if it wasn't for all y'all? Hell yes. So keep going, man. Keep going. You know, if you need inspiration, watch the, uh, go to YouTube and watch round 14 of Rocky one. That's kind of what we feel like right now. Um, 
and you just get up when everyone's telling you to stay down and and you just hope that one of your haymakers lands um but it's going to be hot. it's going to be white scalding hot on stripers from this meeting until october of 2024 and we're going to take all y'all along with us and tell you every twist and turn and i'll tell you what stripers are pretty fortunate to have all y'all fighting for them so don't quit now we need you for another year um thank you all for listening if you have any comments go to comments at saltwaterguidesassociation.org and if we read them on the air you'll win yourself a new pair of coasters thanks will and thanks everybody for listening thanks everyone